So let's uh, consider a little of Patrick's story together. And, and I've gathered this information from a number of places, a number of resources. And just as a matter of interest, and some of you might know, but CEF, uh, Child Evangelism Fellowship, have just produced a brand new pack for primary schools called Unravel, Providing Opportunities for Teaching About St. Patrick. Uh, it's been given to over 900 primary schools this year, right across Ireland. And I know there were some of the teachers who are from Windsor who spoke to me and said that they have been using it in this past week. But it's an interesting pack and kind of their take on Patrick. But Patrick was born somewhere around the end of the 4th, beginning of the 5th century. Uh, The exact date is unknown. Various people have various opinions. Born in the island of Britain, although national boundaries as we know them were far from established at that time, and therefore, again, the exact location of of Patrick's birth is uncertain. But in terms of when he died, there's a stronger consensus on that particular date. Does anyone know the date when it's kind of agreed? And as I say, there's a variety of opinion, but the, the, the sort of strong consensus date. It's the 17th of March. Uh, no, that wasn't. Yeah, it is the 17th of March, AD 6461. Uh, and you can visit uh, Patrick's grave at Down Cathedral in Down Patrick, where his remains apparently lie. Patrick was raised in a high Roman family with a deep Christian faith. Prayer and worship were understood to be a regular feature of his family's life. His his father was a deacon, his grandfather a priest. And therefore Christianity was embedded in his background. But as Patrick himself wrote at the age of 16, I still, at the age of 16, I still did not know the true God. There are a, a couple of documents that are believed to have been written by Patrick, which threw quite a bit of light on his personal journey of faith. The main one and the more detailed one is his confession written towards the end of his life and written for his friends but also for his critics. It's also known as Patrick's acknowledgement of God's dealings with him. This is just one book, one version of it that someone has written. But his appreciation of the Bible is evident if you read his confession and you can read it in full online. It's littered with biblical references. And I will quote at this confession from various points during the next few minutes. But back to his story. When Patrick was about 16, he was captured. Captured by a raiding party of some sort from Ireland. And sold as a slave to a petty king in Armagh. And he initially stayed in Ireland for approximately six years. And it was during that time that his Christian faith and his personal relationship with God became a reality. And in his confession, he writes this, After I came to Ireland and so tended sheep every day, I often prayed in the daytime up to a hundred prayers, and at night nearly as many. And I stayed in the forest and on mountains, and before daylight I used to be roused to prayer in snow and in frost and in rain, and I felt no harm. Nor was there any inclination to take things easily in me. And this is a great phrase. Because I see now the spirit seethed in me. A phrase that is understood to communicate something about his enthusiasm and his love for life. As well as his love for God. After those six years, Patrick got the opportunity to return home. 
But there was something of Ireland and the people of Ireland that had got under his skin. Ireland had captured him in other ways. And one night, in a dream or in a vision, Patrick believed that he heard this call. We beg you, holy youth, that you shall come again and walk among us. And in another dream, another vision, it's reported that he heard these words. He who gave his life for you, he it is who calls you. Obviously, his family wanted him to stay, but Patrick was determined to return as a missionary to Ireland. And somewhere around AD 430, Patrick arrived back in Ireland. And in his confession, he gives us his reason for returning that he needed to expiate the sins of his youth by preaching the gospel in Ireland. The driving force behind Patrick's return was, according to many who write on this, the driving force was the living God. Patrick travelled throughout Ireland for around 30 years. And although he encountered strong Druid opposition, and there was lots of witchcraft, lots of idolatry in Ireland at that time, thousands, it was reported, were converted. And so you read of various wise men speaking of Patrick and saying things like this. He goes round the monster men and he preaches to them and baptises them and leaves them clerics and churches. Or... This is the shaven head. It's a bit rude. This is the shaven head and the falsifier who is deceiving everyone. Let us go and attack him and see if his God will help him. So many people were convinced that Patrick at this time needed to be stopped. Because in the eyes of some there was no doubt that the power of this new religion was greater than theirs. And so Patrick was described at that time as a shape changer again a great phrase a shape changer and on one occasion when he was asked by two daughters of the king of Connaught who is your God Patrick and where is he he replied this our God is the God of all the God of heaven and sea earth sea and river he has his dwelling in heaven and earth and sea and all that are therein He inspires all things. He quickens all things. He kindles the light of the sun and of the moon. He has a son co-eternal with himself, like unto him, and the Holy Spirit breathes in them. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are not divided. I desire to unite you to the son of the heavenly king, for you are daughters of the king of the earth. And so Patrick wasn't stopped And therefore, he continued to wander all over Ireland, preaching, baptizing, building churches. It seems that his courage and his faith did not fail him. And so he has been described as a lion in boldness, a serpent in cunning, and a laborious servant of the creator. There are a number of legends associated with Patrick to do with things like snakes and shamrocks. And today and tomorrow, Many will celebrate, many will mark St. Patrick's Day in a whole variety of ways and a whole variety of places. But this evening, all I really wanted to do was to kind of recognize on St. Patrick's Day and also give thanks for the life of him, for his service, which bear witness to the power of God in whom he put his trust. And also to give thanks for the significant contribution that he did make to Christianity on this island along with his confession one of the other things that is closely associated with Patrick 
is the hymn or the poem that, was then, that then became a hymn that he composed, what is, which is known as the Deer's Cry, or also, as Brian said, the Breastplate of St. Patrick. And I'm going to play you a version of that now by Sean Davey and Rita Conley. And the words uh, will be on the screen. This is not the entire uh, Deer's Cry lyrics, uh, but it's, it, it's one version of it. Lasts for just under four minutes. And I'm just going to encourage you to take time, read the words, reflect. The words at the end are probably the most familiar words we associate with Patrick. Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, when I sit down, Christ when I rise. The deer's cry. today. 